Hey, Float Magic fans, thanks for joining me here today. I'm doing another solo podcast with just me uh, coming from my salt cave. I have to give out um, a big shout out and, and a lot of gratitude for those of you who tuned into my Collective Consciousness podcast. I've actually had a lot of feedback from that, a lot of people telling me how they've shared it with their teams, how it really struck a chord with them. And so I'm really going to attempt to do more of that. And that's what, that's what today is about. Uh, today, I, I, it's my birthday month. Um, I am in my fifth decade of life, which when I stop and think about that, man, I feel old. Like I remember my grandparents being in their 50s and here I am approaching 50. Um, it's, it's really remarkable to, to think about me addressing that age right now. And and with that comes all the reflections back of all the things I've done to get me where I'm at. And I know a lot of times I've on my other podcasts I've talked about the history of float magic and how it came to be. But I'm going to get a little bit more personal here in this one and and just talk about the the giants that came before me and and those people that really paved the way for me to be where I am today and the gratitude I have for everything that I've lived through. Um, we've we've talked a lot on recent podcasts about some trauma. Um, we're specifically addressing initiatives in our community that face trauma and, and trying to figure out how to best help people recover from that type of from different types of trauma uh, who have to show up in their jobs as first responders or mental health professionals and in our teens, how the trauma that they're dealing with, with after the pandemic and the change in our whole world around us, I mean, we've had a shift. We've had a complete shift in the way everything is done and nothing is as it was uh, pre-pandemic. Even our, our money system and our markets and our cars like who would ever think cars would sell above msrp off the floor like it's just it's really fascinating for me to think about but when i think back to the giants who came before me and i'm referring to my grandparents um and my family my great-grandparents i was lucky enough to get to interact with my great-grandparents they were still alive when i was a young girl and they lived through some pretty horrific times um in the early 1900s through the dust bowls through the great depression through the all all the things that that made them who they were and the crises that formed the strength that they were uh but I have one grandfather that's still living. Maybe I should have him on my podcast sometime. He's 93. He has he's a deep well of wisdom, almost living a century on this earth, really seeing a lot. Uh, he actually was raised as an orphan in the Great Depression. So he was in an orphanage in the mid-1930s. You can imagine that and, and how hard that was uh, when food was hard to come by and homes were hard to come by and shoes were hard to come by. As an orphan, he he went through a lot. But the beautiful thing about his story is that he didn't let any of that harden who he was as an individual. He was the most giving, selfless man I've 
ever known. Um, I watched him my whole childhood show up for other people. I think that's where, and, and so did my grandmother that was a lot by his side. They just showed up for people. If somebody was sick, they took him food. If somebody needed a ride, they gave him a ride. If somebody needed a help or a handout of some sort, they found a way to help them out. And, and that kind of community that was a very personal one-on-one, not in a big grandiose way, but just that personal one-on-one process of helping your fellow neighbor really made an impact in in me as a young child witnessing that and and in listening to the stories i'd i'd listen to stories that my grandparents would tell not very many my grandpa is now telling a lot more stories of of his life uh realizing the wisdom and telling us about the hardships. He always wanted to kind of hide that from us. He didn't want us to know all the horrors he lived through. And he's starting to share those now. But as a little kid, it it was very surface level, but it was still impactful to listen to the stories that our grandparents shared of their hardships and why, as, as adults, they turned around and helped people. I had two grandmothers that were very, very unique. One was highly religious and the other was highly spiritual. (laughs) And uh, my religious grandmother would take me to church on Sundays and make sure I was saying my prayers and do, you know, reading out of the Bible and doing all those things that, um, that she practiced in her daily life to bring her to where she was at with her beliefs. And then my other grandma, instead of going to church on Sunday, we'd go riding horses in the hills <laughs> or we would go up to the mountains and go crawfish and um, we would, we or just fishing for that matter. Um, we spent time in nature. And that is how lucky am I and how lucky are my siblings that we had the influence of both sides of that. I'm, was the only daughter in my family and so I was very very close to my grandmothers and so those trips up to the mountains um, those trail rides on the horses really put me in tune with how the frequencies of nature heal and how absolutely serene that environment is and it's no wonder that people are migrating here to Idaho because we have so much of our wilderness to access. And when I feel most myself, it's usually when I'm surrounded by pine trees and probably smell a little bit like a horse, or maybe it's when I'm on the river and I've been on the river for five days and the only time I've gotten clean is jumping in that cold river because I'm on a rafting trip. That, That is when I feel most in tune with myself And that's because I think the frequencies that are all around us are allowing us to vibrate at our truest frequency. And when we pull away from that, that's why salt caves. And that's why listening to frequencies on cell phones, that's why we need those things is because we don't absorb ourselves in the hut as much as we used to. We don't allow ourselves that opportunity. Some of us do. Some people are out in nature all the time, and and those people are the people I like to be around. They're calm. They know how to survive. They're sure of themselves. Um, But that is 
that is not something that our everyday modern life really allows space for, is for us to get out into the wilderness. And so um, that I'm so fortunate that my grandmother made that time almost weekly, if not weekly, every other week. I think I was going to church on every other Sunday and up in the hills to grandma's church on the other Sundays. But it was often that we were going up to the hills and spending our time out in nature and gardening and all those things have such a value to them. But where I'm grateful to my grandmothers is they open the door to talk about things that were hard to talk about. They they would ask me, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. No, 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 Shawnee. What's happening? How'd that make you feel? Who's your friends at school? They really deep dove into questions that maybe my parents didn't have time for because they were working two jobs and trying to raise a family in the 80s. And we all know how that was back then. We talked about gas prices today and oil and all that was, you know, there were some hard times back then too. And, but it was the grandparents in my life that truly checked in with me and truly made time to say, hey, tell me about your day. Tell me what's going on. And I, th- and I think having just one person, in fact, I've been told this by counselors, having just one person do that for you, even if it's a neighbor, if it's a grandparent, maybe it's an uncle or an aunt or a much older sibling, the benefit of having one person show an interest can make all the difference in a person's life. And that goes back to this process of being connected. Here, here we are in this crisis of disconnection where we don't feel connected to people even though we have everybody at our fingertips. And what's missing is that genuinity of connection, that genuine just, no, tell me. I have a feeling you have more to tell me. Go ahead and tell me. Not prying, setting boundaries, but still making sure that they're well known, that they can come to you for anything and talk to you about anything. Some people just don't have that in their life. And and I think that there's an opportunity there for us to show up for one another in that space. I watched my grandparents do it my whole life. They knew there was neighbors across the street the kids were coming home from school that didn't come home to parents, latchkey kids. I didn't come home to my parents. They were home eventually, but I always knew I had neighbors across the street. My grandparents were just a couple blocks away. Um, but they were constantly looking out for each other and one another. And when I think about what's missing in modern society, I think it's that. I think it's the... We don't see people out in their yards anymore. We don't see people migrating to and from their house because we just don't see it. People don't walk as much. A lot of people use their cars. So I think we can I think we can identify a lot of places where that connection has been lost between one another, not only through our devices, but um, 
we now have remote jobs and we have remote school and we have remote meetings and we have everything can be remote to where we isolate ourselves. And that is not the people we are. As humans, we've always been raised around other humans. We're tribal. And I know I've talked a lot about ceremony and other podcasts and, and how ceremony has been lost in our current generation. Uh, generations. <laughs> There's been a few generations where we haven't really done ceremony with one another. And that is really what brings people together in a circle. That's what, that's where we understand our commonalities with one another. And, and I think that under, under emphasizing that importance of being in each other's presence and tuning into somebody on a deep level, not just that surface level, is really what's contributing to what we're dealing with in society today. When I think back to the way I got to engage with my grandparents, I don't get engaged with that, like like that very often. Um, wonderful friends. Every now and then we'll get into a space where you get to have really deep conversations this was almost a daily thing for me. And I I don't have a spouse to get in those deep conversations with. I will bring it up to my, my children. Sometimes my children get frustrated at having these deep conversations. I have a few that entertain it quite well, which I'm very appreciative of. And I have a brother that, um, I have brothers, all of them will go deep with me. But one in particular, we can have conversations for hours where we just talk about nonsensical things and what life mysteries are. Um, and it's a joyful process. And so that's the question I want to pose to all of you right now. What are you doing to find joy and connection in your life? What steps are you taking to be playful? I think that's what my grandparents and the giants that came before me taught me very, very well, was how to enjoy and be playful in life. Everything that was done, all the chores, All the, all the hard stuff had a certain amount of joy to it. When I was a little girl, my grandma would allow me to make bread. I took that loaf of bread. I was probably five. I'd take that loaf of bread and I'd put it underneath the coffee table and I'd put it behind the couch and I'd imagine that all the places would bake the bread. <laughs> it was the nastiest piece of dough that picked up dust bunnies and flies and who knows what else <laughs> that was laying around underneath all that stuff. And she would still bake it for me and she would still let me eat it. <laughs> and so, it, and I knew no different. It was joyful. And so guess what I grew up enjoying to do? baking bread and baking <laughs> because it was a game it was playful and work work can be hard work even for me I, I have my dream job I created 
my dream job. Um, but if I'm not keeping it playful, and if, if I'm not reminding myself of the joy in it, it becomes a task that is mundane and every day loses that aspect of joy. And yes, there's a place for seriousness. But when we're trying to force ourselves into the vibration of abundance, it's it's a playful, joyful process. That's the frequency we want to be at. That joy frequency. It's up here. Not that low frequencies are bad. It's one thing I'm learning too, is that all frequencies are necessary for us to have our human existence. When we're in the low in the weeds and trying to figure things out, that's a that's a very focused, present, grounded frequency. Um, necessary, absolutely necessary. And then when we're high in the in the fun and the thrills and the joys of life, also a very necessary frequency. And fluctuating between the two is just what we do as humans. When we need to start looking out for one another is when we're too far in the low too often. And even when we're too far in the high too often. Because what that means is people aren't being grounded. And too low means they're not being pulled up into that joy factor. And so that would be my first challenge to you is try to find the joy um another challenge that i want to throw out there is are you making time for yourself are you making time for just you only you even if it's 20 minutes a day i would prefer it's an hour just you and it can include anything Maybe it is an exercise course, but are you doing that just for you? Or are you doing that because there's a societal expectation that you go work out? Working out makes you feel amazing. So if that is what you're doing just for you, that's excellent. I've actually taken a whole shift on my exercise regimen lately because, I mean, I've been to the point where I've done bodybuilding competitions. I lift a lot of weights. I've, I've fluctuated back and forth with my weight my whole life. And I'm back in that space of not being overly happy with my weight due to life challenges and and life things that have arisen. However, I'm taking exercise in a completely different tune. It no longer is something that I feel like I have to do so that my body is where I want it to be. It is something that I want to do so that my body is a perfect vessel for housing my spirit. Because when I'm in tip-top shape, when my nutrition's on point, when I am well-rested, when I am feeling at my optimum, I am able to perform at a much higher level for everything around me, whether it's my family, my employees, my companions, individuals that I collaborate in businesses with. I am so much more focused and clear, and that's because my vessel is in a clear space. And so exercise has turned from almost a punishment-type energy to I love my body, and I am extremely grateful for the space that I get to take it in and for the way my body has shown up for me in all the ways it has 
Not only has my body successfully delivered four beautiful children, my body has taken me up mountains. My body has taken me through the ocean. My my body has taken me across valleys that are vast and wide and beautiful. My body is the source of my joy. And so taking care of that vessel should be a great priority for me. And that's what it is now. And then the third question that I want to ask all of you, are you showing up for the people you want to show up for? Not the people you feel like you have to show up for, but the people you really want to be spending your time with. There's, there's a mode we get in of obligation. I think I spoke one time about roles. Uh, I was playing a lot of roles for a lot of time, for a long time, and different decades of my life I've been playing different roles and maybe I'm in a role right now but I feel a lot more authentic in my space than I've ever been um, and that's because I'm being a lot more vulnerable in the process that I've gone through um, but I'm also choosing how I spend my time a little more wiser these days and I think it's safe there's safety in us telling ourselves we don't have a choice we just have to show up like this because that's what's going to keep me safe and that's what's going to keep the paycheck rolling in and that's what's going to that's what's going to keep everything where it's at in the balance but what happens when when we're constantly trying to balance that for everybody else we lose ourselves we lose the opportunity to really identify the ways we want to spend our time in bringing us joy. And that's been a hard realization for me. Even building my business, it was super joyful. And it has been super joyful. But there's been times when it's been overwhelming. And I've had to call on people so that I could get back to that space of feeling joy in what I do. And that goes back to connection. We are not meant to be alone in our endeavors. I think the whole individualism movement of I have everything, there's a, there's a big component of healing that I have everything inside of me that I need to be whole. And that is true. You do have everything that you need right inside of here. But there is something so powerful about connecting with individuals who can see your potential and who can see your worth and who can see your gifts as they are, not as they want them to be, but as they are. There's a lot of joy that comes from surrounding yourself with those people. And that's what I have been so fortunate to do here at Float Magic. I have wonderful Employees. It's hard for me to call them employees. I oftentimes call them my coworkers or my crew or my, I, I see them as counterparts. I don't see them as 
somebody I am employed over, they help me deliver the magic of what we are here. And without them, you wouldn't have the experiences that you do here. And I can't do that by myself. I needed that connection. I needed to let go of my own expectations that as a business owner, I need to do X, Y, Z and A through D and all those things and watch for the skill sets that I could amplify in my employees. And, and that's a process that I have to come back and keep focusing on. Make sure I'm connecting with my employees, not just a, I was work, give me the report. You know, when we have our team meetings, we also go out and we do group activities. And I know there's a lot of companies in town who are doing this and it's, it's a beautiful process to watch. Um, but if you, if you're a sole employer, you're your own boss, find an opportunity to connect with other people who you work with. Use that as your team bonding. Use that as your bridge building. Um, we go to activities together. We do hard things together. We go through axes together. <laughs> we've, we've, we've considered riding horses together. I guess you made that suggestion. Um, it's, it's an opportunity to really break down barriers and really get to know somebody as they are not as we might perceive them in our own mind to be. So this is a little bit of a Rambler's podcast, but it is my birthday month. Just kind of wanted to talk about some things that were on my heart. Opportunities, things that I've learned over the five decades, little tidbits, I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear what things you would like us to explore on our podcast. We kind of want to talk about hard topics. Kind of want to talk about things that have really shook us that have paved the way for greatness. Because every time I've been shook to my core, I learn exponentially where my values are, where my passions are, what's important to me, because that's what I have to focus on. And things have been taken away, or things aren't quite as they seem, or maybe I've been disappointed, or I've felt let down, or I've let myself down. That's been the biggest culprit, is when I've let myself down and made choices that didn't keep me in mind. Um, they've all brought me opportunities for growth and expansion. And I have to thank the giants that came before me for that point of view and that connectedness that I had from such a young age. It's really kept me beating strong. So for those of you out there who are struggling with connection, know that it's out there know that you have to open yourself up just a little bit to find it 
know that there's people that will embrace you exactly the way you are and that will love you exactly the way you are. You don't have to adapt. You don't have to change. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to become something you're not. You just have to be well-intentioned, focused on awareness, focus on that healing, the aspects of yourself that are hard to understand, and know that there's people that love you. There's people that'll champion who you are. And I feel like I can share that message because it's been gifted to me. And even though there's been times in my life I felt like I didn't have that, or I've lost the person who, when, my, when I lost my grandmothers, it was pretty devastating because they were of great support in my family that's still with me, but my grandmothers were my rock. They were a really valuable piece of who I am today. And I'm grateful for the way that they paved that. But if I can give any hope out there at all, it's just show up as you are and your people will find you. There is a reason you are uniquely you in every way. And that's what we're here to help you do. Let's get back in touch with exactly who you are. Unapologetically. Accepting every aspect. The shadows. The light. It all creates this beautiful scene of contrast. What would a picture be without the shadows? We need them. What would a mountainscape look like if there were no shadows? We would not appreciate the beauty of that the way that we can when the shadows make their sharp appearance. So embrace all of you. Be kind to one another and show up for yourself. Find the joy. Find the joy in everything that you do. And know at Float Magic, you have a safe place. Stay salty, my friends. We'll talk again soon.